ladies and gentlemen, and all genders outside and in between. Welcome back to Thirsty Work, the all-new sex education podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about intimate body work with the wonderful Raven. Ooh, that's thirsty work. Hello, you delightful individuals, you spectacular specimens of humankind. How are you doing, you glorious beings? It's uh, myself, Val and Vane. How are you doing? How's things? And we're back with another episode of Thirsty Work. We're joined here by the glorious Raven. How are you doing, Raven? How's things? Hello, hello. I'm very well, thank you. How are I'm, you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing okay. I'm a happy-go-lucky scamp of an individual, to say the least, to say the least. Um, but I'm quite excited about tonight. I'm quite excited about tonight. You're looking absolutely fantastic tonight, uh, Raven. How are you doing? How's things? Yeah, I'm good. I'm doing good. Right. Thank doing you. Okay. I'm feeling fantastic this evening as well. <laughs> I'm very glad to hear it. Very glad to hear it. And you You're do... always look incredible too. Oh, well, naturally, naturally. I try to... You know, pull out the old glad. I'm feeling very like relaxed today. It's quite a chilly day, and I was like, Do you know what? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go for the nice cozy vibes, cozy little environment. Comfy and, and cozy yeah. sounds good. <laughs> and yet, still looking ridiculously vain. You know how it is. You should see the trousers oh. I'm wearing. They're very neon. It's quite outrageous. <laughs> I'd love to see them. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe after the stream, I'll give you a little show and have a good time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we've known each other for quite a while now, Raven, haven't we? We've, it's been a... Yeah, we have. I oh, can't remember when we first met, actually. It was, uh, it's got to be over five years ago. Oh, well over five years, thinking about mm -hmm. it. Like, it was a long time ago. And then you came and performed for me. I never remember how I meet people. But you came <laughs> and performed at Ken all those many moons ago. I did, um, I did yes. You really helped me out because that was the, the show that everything we we spontaneously moved venues just before it all happened and it was just oh. like oh god yeah it was it was a wild one but yeah it was great and and since then you're you've bloomed into your your delightful self you've really come out and <laughs> it, and watching your social media has, has been absolutely fascinating seeing your your journey through self-discovery and learning more about yourself and self-acceptance and stuff and now you do uh, as you describe it intimate body work what's that yes. exactly Yes, so that's my full-time job, intimate body work. Um, I help people that are experiencing sexual health or intimacy issues. Um, they may have been through a change in their bodies or just experiencing things that they're not quite happy with. They don't know how their bodies work and they just need a bit of help and assistance. Um, and while most people would go to see a therapist or go for some counselling, and that is absolutely first port of call that I recommend people to go through, but sometimes you just need somebody to touch you. Um, and with normal types of therapy, there's that boundary, there's that consent boundary and ethical boundary that there is, there is no touching at all. Um, and I offer that service to people. So they come to me and they're like, I would like to explore better pleasure, or I would like to explore this changing my body, for example, going through menopause, transitioning, um, or if they're experiencing something like uh, sexual dysfunction, um, I can help assist them with those things. That's amazing. That's absolutely fantastic. And, and when you said earlier about like the, the consent and ethical practices, I'm assuming those are like um, stuff in regards to uh, like what stage somebody can consent to something, whether the therapist is okay with consenting to, to doing these bits and pieces, and you actually provide mm -hmm. more of a physical therapy than yeah. the, the more the mental health side of therapy and what have you. 
Yes. Yeah. So I don't offer the counselling. Yeah. Um, for me, it is, it's just the physical. Um, I offer a space for people to come and talk, a uh, safe space for me to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't offer the actual counselling side of things. But what I can offer is to show them how their body works and to help them explore it um, and enjoy pleasure in different ways to, way that, to, to how they may have experienced before. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, what inspired you to do this like what at what point were you like do you know what i want to be uh, an intimate body worker which i love the phrase by the way an intimate body worker is, is that it's it's got the closeness that i feel like as you've just described it um mm-hmm. really shows that the, like you need that closeness as as therapists do with their patients and with as you do with with your clients as well but also mm-hmm. has that that professionalism about it it's intimate body work you know i like it yeah. it's got, it's a really nice um i know term for what you offer it's great Thank you. So yeah, most people would describe it as sensual massage, mm-hmm. um, which obviously works really, really well. Um, but what I wanted to offer was something that was kind of genderless. And for me, when I hear the word sensual massage, I feel like that sounds like a service from a woman to a man. Um, and that's not what I wanted to, to be putting out there. As you said, I wanted to be able to put something out there that was professional um, and that anybody felt included. Like This service is for you regardless of where you come from, who you are, what you do. Um, and I've also been into sort of hospitals as well to speak about what I do. Um, and the NHS can be quite um, quite funny about the services that they are recommending. Um, so ensuring that my business was as professional as possible. Central massage wasn't quite what I was going for. No, no, no. Intimate body work, yes. Um, but to answer your question about how I came about doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was quite a journey, actually. Um, and not all of it was good. Um, but no journeys are all good to be in my experience, you know. <laughs> but it led to where I am now. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain at all. Um, but it started with me losing my job. Um, I worked, I was employed for a company. And unfortunately, my health started to go quite downhill. Um, and just before uh, I, I was let go, I was diagnosed with um, with chronic health conditions um, and other ones that have since been diagnosed that, um, that I didn't know about at the time. And I was out of work for three and a half months. I was literally completely sofa bound. I'm just thinking, I, I don't, how, how am I going to move forward with my life? Like, I've been given this opportunity of being let go rather than leaving my job. Perhaps there's something I can do with that. So I sat down and had a think about what what was what made me tick. What was I passionate about? Um, and you know, as most people do, I enjoy sex. Yes, um. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's definitely one of my favorite hobbies. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty damn good when it works well. Yeah, you know, when you've got that wonderful connection between multiple people, it's, it's yeah. great. You know, <laughs> I love that. Um, and I really do enjoy education as well, um, but I'm I'm not a kiddie person. Uh, I mm-hmm. can't stand kids, if I'm honest. Other people's fine, you know, they're over there, happy to interact with them every now and again. But it's not something that I wanted to to have a job in. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't really want to go into adult education with sex education either. It just didn't quite seem right. Um, so uh, I sort of had to think about it and. Um, 
I remembered a, a kinky party that I'd been to a few years before and um, this chap had uh, done this demonstration out on this lawn um, with this lovely lady up on a massage table and she she orgasmed in front of a, a crowd of us that were sitting watching on this lawn and I just oh, thought wow, wow that's, that, that is something that I, I'd never feel like I'd ever be able to experience that. Um, I did struggle at the time myself with coming to Climax, um, which is called situational anorgasmia. Um, f like that was my own experience with it. Mm -hmm. So I got in touch and I said, I, you know, I, I really, it really hit me what you, what you did there. And I'd like to learn a bit more, more about what you do. So uh, he said, well, why don't you come along and volunteer as a, a receiver for a, a massage workshop that I'm doing? And I just thought, oh my God, this sounds like way above anything that I could ever manage. <laughs> um, and as I got a little bit better, uh, I considered it a bit more and I thought, you know what, just, just go for it, just go for it. Um, so I went down and I remember lying face down on this on this massage table and there was one point where there was three people that were working on me and massaging my body and I was just feeling so self-conscious yeah um and then something twigged in my head and I just went if three these three people can enjoy your body why can't you yes I went, I went fuck so it powerful fuck it I'm gonna enjoy my body I'm gonna enjoy this experience um and it didn't change things for me straight away it took uh, a lot of work outside of that um and um and I just thought I want to be able to give this back as well um so I did my qualification in uh body massage uh so that I could become insured I did, did a few workshops in central massage intimate body work um and I, I grew my business from there and sort of from experience over the last just over five years now of doing this I've developed something that I feel like is an, a niche in my area yeah oh I love it I absolutely love it because I know it's definitely something like you uh, mentioned about like difficulties in in people hitting climax uh, not just yourself but generally it's a mm -hmm. it's a hugely misconceived area is that the idea that somebody with a penis will always climax somebody with mm -hmm. a vulva is not likely to climax and yeah. the different dynamics therein and and a lot of it from from my own research from what i understand as a sex educator a lot of it comes down to our own brain spaces like not all of it there's a lot of things that are, are are external that could be contributing towards it but a lot of it comes down to our own brain spaces mm -hmm. like what state of stress we're in um and emily nagoski dr dr emily nagoski talks about like the sexual accelerator and the sexual breaks and stuff and mm -hmm. and that was an enlightening thing for me to to know that there are so many different things in that and it's it's amazing that you have found yourself in a position where you're like Do you know what i can provide that for other mm -hmm. people i can provide people the intimate side of things to just allow them to enjoy their bodies and then allow them yeah. to to do what you did and and hit that moment of just being like fuck it I, if these mm -hmm. people can enjoy my body why can't i yeah i absolutely agree is mostly down to brain space obviously for some people there are physiological issues going on um in which we should always be referring people to the GP. Yes. Um, but usually, yes, it comes down to, like you say, um, your stress levels. It can even be down to what you've eaten or drank that day because that changes your hormone levels. Right. What I'm able to offer is a safe space 
to be able to explore how they're feeling. Um, because a lot of the time people don't feel like they can communicate with their partners say, right, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? They're, they're too, there's this pride involved or they just don't feel like they're allowed to enjoy pleasure, especially people with vulvas. There's a big, there is still a lot of shame and stigma surrounding um, masturbation, let yeah. alone enjoyment of sex with a partner. It, it's quite outrageous. In fact, I recently did a uh, sex ed seminar on the fact that there's, it was specifically to do with like the, the myth of virginity and the idea that there's, there's always been this social understanding of um, people with penises should go out and sleep with as many people as possible and people with vulvas should never sleep with anyone apart from their, their husband or what have you. And the, the miscommunication and misunderstanding of how important things like uh, masturbation mm -hmm. and, and what have you are. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, one of my alert alerts went off uh, accidentally in the middle of that um, statement, but it, it's all right. We got the most <laughs> important stuff, but they, it's really important to, to have that understanding as well. Um, I do have to ask though, in regards to like the, so the intimate body work, you talk about pleasure, you talk about, mm -hmm. um, like helping other people experience pleasure. How has that been in regards to, cause there's always been this conception of going for a massage and having the happy ending. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, how, how did you like step away from that? idea of the the cd to keep it professional to keep it that that level of i'm providing a service and the service mm -hmm. is helping you experience pleasure but it's not a dodgy cd um, and mm -hmm. let's be very clear there's nothing wrong with sex work sex work is real mm -hmm. work we 110 percent agree with that but mm -hmm. it, it's a very different um market to what you are offering right yeah, absolutely. And there is there is space for people to go and get all types of massages. Um, and if they do want to go for something that is seen as a little bit more seedy, that may really work for some people. Um, but I did spend a lot of time um, attempting to move myself away from that, um, simply because of the type of service that I wanted to offer was slightly different. And also that um, that sector is is quite there's so, there's so many people that offer that service. I wanted to offer something very, very different. Um, and so I spent nine months building a website um, that has all of the information about what I offer and how I offer it. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think the main difference when you say, like you say, a happy ending is that I've heard this from a, a lot of my clients. They've, they've been for a massage, what they're expecting to just be a normal massage, and it gets to the end. And the, the person that's, that's offering it is just starts touching them. And there's a huge issue with consent there. You know, yeah. you're going in for something that you're expecting to be therapeutic. I'm not saying that a happy ending isn't therapeutic, no. um, but you know, you may be going in for a sports massage or even just a Swedish relaxation massage. You're not expecting to come away with having your genitals touched. Um, and a lot of people are like, okay, sure, I'll just go with this. Um, but a lot of people could be in a position where they're like, well, I'm not sure if I can say no or how to say no to this. Yeah. So what I wanted to offer was, this is what's happening up front. You are consenting to coming and having your body touched. Um, I send out a consent form beforehand that lists most of the different body parts that are to be touched. So people can say up front whether they understand the 
erotic nature of what they're coming for. Um, and I, I think those are the things that really sort of set it aside. You know that you're coming in for something that is is intimate, so it's not just a faceless person that you've never spoken to before. You know, a lot of people go and they, they turn up and they've, they've never met the therapist before. Um, it, it, it's just often just a woman. Um, th there's no connection there. What I wanted to offer was something that meant something. You can build up a rapport with myself. I always have a phone call beforehand so that the person, the client, knows that I'm a real person and not just a stranger from the internet. Um, get to know them, what their wants and desires are, what their history is, so that I can really tailor something that works for them. Especially if things like trauma are involved. You, you can't just have right, just turn up and you get what you're given. No. You need to really understand the, the client's history so that you can make sure that what is being offered is right for them and it goes at their speed um, and communication throughout. Yeah, because it's, I mean, trauma in and of itself is unique per, per case, per person, per situation. So mm. I can fully understand how that is a necessary, like a necessary aspect and obviously i'm i'm assuming that within that that consent things you talk about boundaries you talk about your like what they're okay with what you're okay with yeah. um and all of those things in regards to that do you ever work in conjunction with therapists counselors etc where where they do the mental health side of things and you do the physical health side of things or is that something that's still because i i fully understand that what you do is can still be viewed at, with apprehension from certain certain types of people shall we say yeah um i don't work with anybody in particular um i do recommend that people go to see a counselor or therapist alongside me but it's such a personal thing choosing a therapist yeah. um that having one person or even two people that i worked alongside wouldn't work for a lot of clients they've got to be able to go and find something that's right for them um and on the other side of it, there is an ethical framework that uh, counsellors and therapists sign up for as part of that. Um, and that is to not have any intimate contact or even a lot of the time, just any contact physically with a client. Um, so they might be able to say, if this is something you need, there are types of services out there like mine that they could um, get in touch with, mm -hmm. um, but they wouldn't necessarily say, okay, well, I'm recommending Raven's business yeah. in particular. Okay. So they, mm. yeah, they can, because of the, the ethical dynamics of therapy and counseling and psychology and what have you, it is that dynamic of, I cannot mm. recommend anything, but we know that there are services that do provide certain aspects yeah. of this, that, and the other, and you yourself, yeah like on the reverse side of things are saying i can't provide you with counseling but mm -hmm. you, there are services out there and i'm very yeah. aware as you said like therapists and therapists and therapy is again mm. very individual i remember going yeah. to for counseling myself and i went through four i think i messaged like four or five different people just mm. to try and find somebody that i clicked with um, yeah same. And I've heard of absolute <laughs> horror stories of people being put with therapists yeah. and they're not clicking and it just making everything inf infinitely worse. I often say that finding a, a therapist is like finding a pair of trousers. There may be plenty that fit you mm -hmm. uh, from looking from the outside, but there's only going to be one or two that actually suit you and flatter you and feel just right. Oh, that's, um, a, that's a great way of putting it. I like that. <laughs> 
would just like to mention though there are um there are people that are sex surrogates and there is um a body that oversees people that train to be sex surrogates so there are therapists that work with that particular body um that um you know they they go through certain types of training um and can we, um, just can you explain what a sex surrogate is for those people that might not yeah. know what that is Absolutely. So um, a sex surrogate um, either could be there for some type of intimate contact or for full um, sexual intercourse. So some people may have been through life and not gotten to the point where they've been able to feel like they can have sex and they can build up huge anxiety in them. Um, and they might not necessarily feel comfortable finding an escort online. Um, and there are other people as well that are disabled um, and their partners might not necessarily, or if they have a partner, might not feel like they're able to have sex safely. And if they're on their own, see, they're not having anybody to have sex with. So a sex surrogate is somebody who um, is paid to go in and have sex with, with those people. But it's very much something that's set up beforehand, all boundaries and everything is, is sorted out. Um, and there is a body that looks after those people and trains the people to to be sex surrogates that's really interesting because i knew of sex surrogacy through a, a documentary it was on uh, several years ago where they were talked about um it was specifically around um people with disabilities and their sex lives and the fact that there are there was a, a couple um who together were um uh, sex surrogates and they went out and saw different clients and all mm. the time and so they they were like a a couple company a couple in um company okay. who went out and again they they from what i saw they uh, went they and basically had intimate relations with their clients just because their clients weren't able to get that from other people which yeah. was amazing to see absolutely it's, fantastic to it's see. a fantastic thing yeah it's often when you're looking for um somebody online you you know you can see references on on certain websites um but you never fully know what you're going to get and you know if you are quite anxious about that sort of thing it's nice to know that there is uh websites out there and people that will look after you and you can go and you can choose somebody that feels right for you that's really good i love that i love that mm -hmm. does it's that <laughs> does that and i suppose your um business and, and your like chosen profession in that regard have any or have have felt any backlash from because obviously with the way that so certain members of the government tend to be <laughs> there, there were, there's been so much like hatred against anything to do with sex i mean i get enough backlash as a sex educator i can only yeah. imagine what that is like yeah your profession what it has that? been it has been tricky um it took six months for us to be able to set up a business bank account because a lot of a lot of big high street banks just just won't touch you oh, um i look after myself by taking booking fees up front uh not only obviously because my time is is worth a lot mm -hmm. um but also because it keeps me safe i've then got uh, something to fall back on if you know heaven forbid something would go wrong with a client i have got somebody's details that i could pass on to law enforcement yeah um but the, the law the, the not the laws sorry the the rules that come from things like mastercard and visa they don't like um people using oh, <laughs> services no. for sex work um 
and um, the, the, the company that I used to take those things, uh, at one point, they did take my account away from me and said, you know, you're not complying with our terms of service because you offer something that we don't allow. Um, and I had to fight it. And in the end, I had to just lie about what I do. And if you shouldn't be having to lie about what, what yeah. you do, you know, <laughs> I could just take cash um, and put myself in a difficult situation. Um, I could just take cash and then not put anything through HMRC. I could not pay my taxes, but I'm choosing to be a good citizen by looking after myself and being part of society and getting penalized for that. Yeah, and that How happens is that a on? lot. I mean, it we, does. <laughs> in, in the last season of Thirsty Work, we had um, a, a friend of mine on who was a, a, a stripper at one point. She was a, an erotic dancer. Um, and she was talking about the fact that she made a, an unreasonable amount of money. Um, but because it was all cash, and mm -hmm. this was in America, it was like you can't get any bank accounts you can't do anything because sex work is so penalized and i know that yeah. recently um or, or say more more relatively recently the big issue with the only fans thing as i understand it was because of payment services providers pay, yeah. payment processing providers those ones um yeah. because the like you say the big visa mastercard etc they do not want sex work being processed through their books yeah and, exactly which is outrageous because sex work is what has led industries throughout history <laughs> the reason why the vhs won over betamax was because of sex work and it's just it's the oldest profession absolutely yeah. it's the one thing that has been going and going and you know i think what what is so ironic is that a lot of the people that are making these rules about what they don't want are often the people that are using these services but on the down low yeah oh god yes that, yeah. that is <laughs> happening all the time because they don't want to be seen to be using the services and i i often think that the reason why they're so uh zealoty uh zealous that's the word i'm looking for mm. on on their um on their their tirades against sex work is because actually they partake in it and the, but they can't mm. be seen to be doing that so heaven forfend would you consider what you do like to, to be sex work yes absolutely uh, i'm a sex worker and there's there's no shame in that um, we need to get rid of everything that surrounds it, you know, or sex work adjacent or anything. No, sex work is sex work. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm happy, you know, I use my real name out there. Mm -hmm. I want to show people that if I'm not feeling embarrassed about what I do, then they certainly shouldn't be feeling embarrassed about using my service because, you know, everybody, everybody's going to need um, to talk to somebody about it at some point. Nobody goes through life without having any sexual issues. Um, and a lot of people feel like they can't go to their GP. And they say, oh, I've, you know, I've known my GP for years. I don't want to talk to them about this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you're providing service where they, they can talk to you. Um, it is therapy. Why is this sort of therapy looked down upon? Even escorts, it's a, it's a type of therapy. Mm -hmm. People get lonely. People use escorts for so many different reasons stop looking down on them I, i've never it's understood crazy. It. i've never understood it and it has been a really intriguing journey with myself because i've got to know uh, with the industries that i've worked in both the um cabaret industry and the kink industry and the fetish industry and as they all merge together you get to know mm. more and more and more people that work in sex work and and they're just yeah. amazing people they're just really nice people they're just like everybody <laughs> else in fact if anything probably nicer because i think we have to be more caring we just yeah. see such a, a range of different people such a diverse uh, types of people that you do you become a very understanding open and caring person 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and like <laughs> you say, we need to get rid of that ridiculous taboo of of sex work because it is real yeah. work. And more to the point, nearly everybody engages in it. And and the world mm. as as a whole would be healthier for it. Like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. like you say, the, the, the kind of work that you do really helps people like mm. overcome their own um, personal issues in regards to like sex and pleasure and understanding it and i know full yeah. well having been raised catholic myself the idea of pleasure and guilt are very well associated <laughs> with each other you know? <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's it's outrageous do you have you had any and, and obviously do not want any kind of names i don't think you would ever mention any names anyway because you're very professional like that but has there been experiences where um, clients have felt uh, unfortunately like guilty about using your services oh yeah absolutely really um shame. yeah so if, over the last five years I, I think i've lost count about with the amount of people that do feel guilty um after after it after it happens um but sometimes that can happen you know you're having a huge rush of hormones and sometimes they can make you feel absolutely fantastic and other times um they can they can make you feel quite awful um so i do try to offer that aftercare um but sometimes people aren't open to that and they they feel like they have to deal with it on their on their own mm-hmm. um and it's a shame that that society has made them feel like they have to feel guilty about it um i think we'd be in a much better position there'd be a lot less problems if we did talk to each other so many people feel like they're on their own with their problems mm-hmm. and then you're like gosh am i the only one experiencing this this must be terrible i can't talk to anybody because you know they're just going to laugh at me and actually if they just talked about the problem or the guilt that they're feeling they would realize that most of the population are probably feeling exactly the same as they are Oh God, yeah, like that. Yeah. That is pretty regular on on many occurrences. It's it's mm. like, I mean, I've I've said it about like um, sexual practices before, and, and the fact that like with how do I explain this with people with with penises, like the especially like cisgendered men, the idea that you are always ready to go. Yeah, and it's like, well. Yeah. No, there are a whole <laughs> load of reasons why that might not be the case. There's, mm. um, uh, is it genital non-concordance where your your sexual non-concordance where your your brain's ready to go but your body's like trying to catch up and it doesn't quite work, and the other yeah. way around where your body's like, let's go, let's have some sex, and your brain's just mm. like, no, I'm no. I'm good, I'm alright. I have so many clients that experience this, mm. um, and my first question is always, have you spoken to your partner about it? And they go, oh gosh, no, um, I, I couldn't. They, you know, they'd, they'd, they would not understand. They wouldn't accept. And I'm just, I'm not shocked anymore. But it just really upsets me that people are in relationships with people that they can't communicate that that those those deep dark things. Well, they're not dark, but they feel like they are dark. Mm. They can't communicate those those deep feelings to each other. Like it's an interesting. It must as be well. so lonely. I think it it definitely is. I think it definitely is, but I also think there's a an almost protective element to it because I know an awful lot of mm. people out there that won't say, for example, I, I know many people with um that have, have struggled attaining orgasm, mm. but they've faked it. Yeah. And they're so afraid of telling their partner that they've faked it and then they've mm. been together for decades 
how do you suddenly turn around and say actually this isn't doing it for me after all that time yeah because because you you get into the habit of lying and but then Mm. you have a really unsatisfactory sex life and they Mm. think they've got an amazing sex life yeah yeah you're just teaching them that actually well, they're not doing so great. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and if they then do might move on to another partner, then we think, yeah, I'm great at this. I've been able to do it with my previous partner. And then if then, well, I've experienced this myself, um, they've gone on to, to, to the next partner and they've said, you know, it's, it's, it's not doing it for me. I'm like, well, it, it must be a you problem because I've managed it with previous partners. Oh, What's wrong no. with you? <laughs> oh, just... Take that. Take the moment. Take that little slice of humble pie and be like, "All right, okay. Well, what works for you?" Like, yeah, that's everybody uh, is different as well. Just because something's yeah. worked for one partner, it does not mean that it's going to work for the next partner. Oh, Whatever God, no. plumbing you have, it, there seems to be this uh, expectation that people with penises all need exactly the same stimulation as well, um, and people with vulvas all need something completely different. And it's like, no, everybody is is different everybody Mm -hmm. needs their own things you just need to ask and that's something that i do teach clients within sessions is communicating their needs but also learning to ask their partner what feels good for them yes um and sometimes that other person can can struggle with answering that so teaching them to word the question in different ways um instead of being like you, you know what shall i do And that person might go, "Uh, I don't know. It can be, how can I make this better for you? So you're saying we're having a great time right now, but what can I do to to make this even better for you? Um, And that might just be the the sort of little twist in communication that makes somebody go, I I know how to answer this. And I feel like I can as well, without offending them, without Mm -hmm. saying, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. We need to do something completely different. It's like, yeah, this is great. But if you did it just, just like this, slightly different, we could make this even better. A little, it's it's the intricacies of love language, isn't it? That's is those little yeah. moments, and and a lot of it comes down to the perspective you're trying to push. I mean, we talk a lot in my community about like I've banned apologies. I I refuse to mm. have any apologies, and the idea is that people apologize for just existing. So it's like instead of saying sorry, say yeah. thank you. Instead of saying sorry, I'm late, say thanks for waiting. But that yeah. that little mindset of just changing your language changes yeah. a lot of things. Instead of being like, what am I doing wrong? be like okay how can i make this better for you yeah like i really yeah. want to 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 make this a, a fantastically intimate moment between us and mm. i need your guidance to to help me achieve that like yeah. those little things take uh, so much pressure off off people because again if you turn around and say how do i how do i make you orgasm there's a lot of pressure on that person then to be like oh well now yeah. i need to tell you how to make me <laughs> orgasm and that's never gonna work because pressure is one thing you do not want well yeah emotional pressure is one thing you don't want in an orgasmal scenario orgasmic scenario you know you just want to have a fun time together you yeah. know it's it's not all about that end goal it's no. just a, it's just a cherry on top if it happens. I just want to have fun with somebody. You want to have a giggle, explore each other's bodies, make it silly. The sillier, the better. Mm-hmm. Like you're smushing genitals together with somebody else. It is a bit weird and it's yeah. a bit gross. So just roll with that. You know, have fun with it. Um, I think that's the key thing for for people that are having intimacy anxiety. Yeah, is just just do it for the sake of doing it, not for the sake of expectations of getting somewhere and that's that and there is a lot of pressure on the expectation of doing certain things especially with um pornography 
and movies. Mm -hmm. The idea yeah. that you don't need foreplay in order to get it going and you're both going to orgasm together. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that isn't the way that the real world works. And I really also... don't like the term foreplay at all because foreplay insinuates that you're leading up to something mm -hmm. like, like penetration, penetrative sex, like PNV is the main event. Yeah. Um, and obviously it really isn't. <laughs> it really, yeah. really isn't. Um, so yeah, I try and sort of steer clients away from the word from, from foreplay and just just use intimacy and just use the word sex. You know, foreplay is sex in itself. We actually did a uh, sex ed seminar on that exact thing of what is sex. How fantastic! And we, it was a, it was an hour long conversation of breaking down what is considered to be sex, where that all originated from, and the fact that realistically speaking, it's an intimate mm -hmm. moment between two or more people. And yeah, there it is. You're, you're done and dusted. Well, if you use, you know, just the word foreplay, you're invalidating sex between two people with vulvas because, yep. you know, if, if they're not using dildos or strap-ons, does that mean then that they are not having sex? Well, obviously they are. Mm -hmm. And they're having the best sex. They're having the most rewarding sex. Like studies have shown that like lesbians have the most orgasms and the most pleasurable sex out of any sort of mix-up of people. Yeah. <laughs> And and as they would do, you know, it, it, it makes sense. And I think that's also one of the the societal reasons why, like, I know that back in back in the old Victorian times when being gay became illegal, uh, they didn't make lesbians illegal because they were worried. And I find this yeah. absolutely hilarious. They they made being gay as a cis man illegal, but they mm. didn't make being a lesbian illegal because they were worried if more women found out about it, more women would become lesbians because they were like, yeah. oh, yeah, we, we realize that we're not providing the pleasure provided yeah. it on, on society on mass. So we don't want we don't want those <laughs> ladies finding out they can have fun with each other. Good Lord. I think that's, you know, probably the, the biggest reason. But I think um, the other reason is just because they, they didn't feel like it counts. You know, if there's not a penis involved, yeah. then it yeah. doesn't count. Um, and yeah, as we all know, that can get in the sea. <laughs> yes, it's can. I completely agree. As somebody, as a, a cisgendered white man, I completely concur uh, with mm -hmm. all of my privilege. <laughs> like, I, I will take that privilege and stand right there going, yep, completely agree. <laughs> I would like to make a point and say I absolutely love penises. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not the be all end all. No. And, and I, I want all of the body. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, the brain's most powerful sexual organ and the follow-up from that is the skin as, as, a, as a whole across the entire yeah. thing, the different sensitivities. One of the yeah. um, episodes we did with, with um, One True Cripple, who um, is physically disabled, has he was talking about the fact that the brain rewires pleasure sensor zones depending on what is actually available. And, and, and mm. that was amazing, fascinating to, to learn about. Yeah. But yeah, it does, you know, it, it doesn't need to yeah. be, doesn't need to include a penis in order for it to be Absolutely. an intimate moment, you know? Or, or even a vulva. And that's something that I really do work on within sessions. People come away from them and just go, I can't believe how good it feels to be touched for example on the neck or on the fingertips or even just on the back even just having the towel removed at the start because I, I start with my clients face down so they've got a bit of sensory deprivation going on mm -hmm. um 
and, and they just say, I, I could never believe that a, a towel could feel like this in my body. Um, and that's what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming to take away the focus on just genitals and make it a full body experience. Oh, like, we've got so many nerve endings and we're just like, right, no, I'm just going to use those ones just there. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> yeah, make the most of the body. Well, I mean, uh, it was only in the past, uh, um, I was going to say the past few years, but actually probably about 10 years ago that I discovered that you can get a nipple gasm. You can have a full on mm. orgasm just with the nipple. And I'm like, God, yeah. if that's one thing that you can do, <laughs> what could you do with other nerve endings? You've got a cluster of nerve endings. Um, yeah. I know that people like behind the ear, like mm. the, those, those, and the neck is also very, usually very sensitive yeah. as, as a point of eroticism. Non-erogenous zones. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, I think I yeah, saw something a few years ago when they were putting people on in, inside MRI scanners um, and some people were actually able to think themselves into orgasm without yes. having any physical touch whatsoever. Like yeah, that's yeah. just incredible. That was that was absolutely fascinating. I, I definitely saw um, a program, I won't say which program it was, but it was a program on Netflix where they talked about like um like caressing the aura and stuff like that now i personally am not a believer in the aura mm. but what it did really show to me was the power of the mind yeah. the power that this person had a full-blown orgasm sure their partner was with them mm. and they had a moment together and, and but just the power of the mind to as somebody who doesn't personally believe in in auras and stuff and no judgment against anybody that does but mm. the power of the mind to be able to take somebody to that place oh yeah. exquisite Absolutely I, think, I think if you can believe something, then you can you can make it happen mm -hmm. in this particular context. So if you do believe genuinely that you have an aura or see for people that offer Reiki as well, like those mm -hmm. energy levels, if you believe that you can tap into those, and then people will have that sort of experience. Like I have clients ask if I offer Tantra and for many reasons I don't, but it is a very spiritual thing. And I say to them, well, you may have a spiritual experience whilst you're with me, but that's not necessarily what I'm offering because it's about you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just here to assist in your journey, but it's about what you feel. And just for, for clarity, what is Tantra? Um, I'm not sure I'm the best person to really kind of go into depth on that because I'm mm -hmm. not a Tantra pra practitioner. No, no, um, I don't come from that part of the world where it is practiced and it has been for, you know, millennia. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say that it's probably best to talk to somebody who, um, who has done the proper training no, in, no, in the right way. It's more fair. about that. It's just more <laughs> down to making sure that people that were listening were like, ah, oh, I know what you mean by this, but uh -huh. I fully understand, leave it to experts, subject matter yeah. experts to, uh, yeah. to explain things properly. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So in regards to, do you like help people by talking to them about, um, cause obviously that a lot of the work you do is massage work and stuff like that. Do mm. you advise other people on their massage work with each other? Cause I like, obviously it can be a very mm. intimate moment between partners and yeah. it also needs to be said massage can be done wrong and it yes. can be, it can have some pretty dire consequences <laughs> if you tap a wrong nerve cluster or cause a knot, um, in the back it, or, or anywhere, I suppose. 
it's very unlikely to do stuff like that i think oh, people good. get a bit too worried about um massaging it in the wrong way um as long as you're not really trying to go in for like a deep tissue mm -hmm. uh massage you're not really going to do too much harm um especially if there's uh, you, you know you know about your partner and any health conditions they have so for example if they're pregnant you're probably going to do some research on what what's right for a pregnant person i would um, like to think so and if you haven't do it please do your research before you decide to start massaging your friend your partner yeah um and like i you know one of my uh, conditions is fibromyalgia so i can't really deal with very much pressure so um just being aware of things like that with your partner um and and communicating with them talking to them but you're not really going to do very much damage doing swedish style massage because you what you wanted to do is just really gentle long sweeping strokes um and it's nothing really that different to lying next to each other in bed and just having a bit of a stroke up and down um and I, yes, I do work with couples. Um, I'm happy for people to come in together um, to do a workshop with them on how to initiate um, intimate contact. The, the nice thing about starting with massage is that it can just be a massage. You can just treat your partner to something and it's all about them. The focus is on them. There's no expectations or pressure. It's just, I want to do this nice thing for you. Now, often, see, it will feel wonderful and that person will be really, really relaxed. Um, and from there, they'll probably go, you know, what, actually, I'm feeling like I'm really in a headspace and feeling confident with my body for this to go further and lead into something more intimate. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to show couples what can feel good um, and also show them with different sex toys as well, how to bring things into the bedroom. Um, there seems to be this worry from a lot of people with penises that if they're including a dildo or a vibrator, then their body isn't good enough. Um, and that it's a, it's a replacement of them. And I'm teaching them that it's just an extra thing that can be brought in to make the play even better. Like the, there's nothing about knocking their pride there at all. Like, why not bring in something that can make your partner just squirm oh, 100%. <laughs> um include your body as well um so yeah i've had quite a few couples uh, i had a couple last year that they'd both come from very very religious backgrounds um and sort of going back to the guilt that you spoke about earlier um because of that background they just never really explored anything and they felt guilty about um asking people in their community about it um and in the end they sort of took a step back from that community and they came to see me and they said we've been married for a while um we have had sex but we don't know what we're missing out on because we've never done it with anybody else and we don't know how to make this better can you show us and so i did one partner and then the other um uh, the, the lady that came in, she'd never used a vibrator before. Um, so uh, we started off by sharing her a few different ones and she sort of had a feel and like um, felt how they vibrate and which kind of buzz or rumble felt right for her. And she picked out one that she'd like to try and she actually came to orgasm with it within the session. 
Um, and then we worked on him and he, he was, he'd heard about prostate massage and he wanted to give that a try. Um, so I taught her how to give a safe prostate massage. Um, and the, just the smiles on their faces as they left was just the most wonderful thing. And I hope that they're having fantastic, wonderful sex and intimacy now, um, that they've just kind of opened up their, their, their boundaries and, and gone for it. And I'm really proud of them both. I love that. Before we get onto the like re most rewarding elements of the the business that you do, the the profession that you have, um, I do have to ask about the some of the probably the the more I don't want to say darker but more cautionary elements of it, which is like mm. the parasocial relationships. In the regards that I'm aware, the kind of work that you do, I know a lot of sex work as well do suffer from this as well. Um, mm -hmm. that people form bonds mm. with you how do you deal with that how do you deal with yeah. with providing somebody with such an intimate experience teaching them about themselves and and obviously having laid out clear boundaries with um, as you mentioned before but mm. they've still got these emotional connections they still yeah. feel that and and may want to pursue it how do you deal with that yeah, it, is, it does happen. Um, and it's understandable that it happens as well. You, after orgasm, if clients do reach that point within a session, um, you have this flood of hormones. Um, one of them is oxytocin, which is often called the love or the cuddle hormone. Um, and it does make you feel bonded to that person that you shared that experience with. Um, and it can be quite hard for people to then separate like this is something that's happening and then this is my actual life over here. Um, and, and dealing with that, um, obviously the clients that I see, it is transactional. Um, and I make it quite clear from the start that money is being crossed hands, you're here for a service, um, putting those boundaries into place. Um, it, it, it sets a precedent from the start that this is how I deal with things. So the, the, the way that they have to go through inquiries, it's very businesslike and professional. Yeah. Um, and even though within a session, yes, it might feel a lot more personable. Um, I do make sure that boundaries between what's happening um, with myself and what's happening with them is, is very sort of discreet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm fully clothed for my sessions. Um, I did used to start them uh, when, when I first started out five years ago. I wanted clients to feel like I was on the same level with them. And if, you, you know, if I wasn't embarrassed about being naked, then they shouldn't be. Um, but I did find that that made people concentrate more on what was happening with me and with us rather than focusing on themselves. So I think having that clothing boundary mm -hmm. um is actually a really good way of of stopping stopping that those those emotions and those feelings mm. um uh i'm not sure how else really um i've not really had that problem within the last few years um I'm very strict on when I reply to messages. Um, so even if I'm doing my emails out of hours, I'll sh schedule them all for within business hours. Um, and um, I, I just, in my text messages, I always sign them off professionally as well, just to like, just to remind people um, that it is a professional service um, and that, that I'm doing a job. It's, it's, it's work for me. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I will offer a, a people a hug. I'll always say at the end, you know, would you like a hug? Um, and I do give them a cuddle sort of between the towel, but there is no other than sort of hands and arms. There isn't any 
body to skin to skin contact um so yeah sort of keeping that distance um and especially since covid as well like i I wear a mask within all of my sessions um and i think in some ways that's also a reminder that that they're here for a service and not for something personal yeah no that's really good and Mm. and i think it's one of those things especially with the the industry you work in not being so well known about having those elements and i suppose it's something that you probably build up over time having those elements it's just all right okay how do i maintain this view Mm. that the client knows that as much as i'm here for them as much as i'm here to help them call like find pleasure in and of themselves and and embrace themselves Mm. on on a really intimate level with themselves yeah i'm still here as a professional i'm still yeah uh, like I'm still on the clock, so to speak. Um, yeah, keeping to the the time, the allotted slot that they've booked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without running over, that that can be a very good way of like, okay, we're coming to the end of our time now, just to remind them that it yeah. is a booked session, and they're not just here for a cup of tea, um, and a and a get to know you. <laughs> I love that. And and like, do you do? Does it work in like courses? Like moving on to like the more rewarding elements. I can imagine. Like, as you mentioned, though, that couple a minute ago that came out and they just they finally felt some description of like real intimate pleasure with each other, with your help. And I can I can only imagine how rewarding that must have felt for you. Is it like set courses that you do? Is it like one off sessions? Is there prolonged periods or is it just like case to case basis? See how things go. Case to case basis. Some Mm. people just need a good a positive experience to to just reignite that spark and get themselves going again other people depending on what they've been through or what the problem is that they've been struggling with do need a little bit longer um so there are a couple of people that i've been seeing maybe once every two to three months for the last couple of years um uh, it depends what they want to get out of it some people may just want to workshop like there are some people that just they, they've never looked at themselves they, they don't know how to look at themselves there's just this disconnect between certain parts of their body maybe because of trauma or because of transitioning so we may start a series of, of sessions with a workshop of um, it's just a, a genital get to know you and we'll start with a mirror and we'll just look at themselves and name each body part and just be able to say this is part of you you may not be able to look at this body part positively but let's move away from the negative and just go into neutral. That's a good beginning point. Um, And then we can work on building that up over a few sessions, depending on how they're doing and what they're consenting to. Um, So yeah, it's, it's very, it's very varied. I I do prefer the sessions where it's people returning. Um, Mm -hmm. You do get to know people and people open up when they're on a massage table like they they feel safe they walk they walk into my studio and they go you know what this feels really warm and welcoming and i I feel safe here which makes me feel absolutely wonderful that i've been able to offer that Mm -hmm. but because of that then they start talking so you get to know about them and their personal lives and what's going on and you know you you want the best for those people that's great that's amazing and and you say (laughs) you've been doing it five odd years now and it's just been rewarding time after time i'm sure there will be the occasional one that has been less than ideal but overall (laughs) you're still happy you're still loving what you're doing yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. I do. I do struggle with the physical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is quite demanding physically. So I, I do only see one client a day, or maybe two if they're shorter sessions, if they're just an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it's quite emotionally demanding as well, depending on on what the client's coming in with. And yes, I have had my fair share of sessions that have not been positive. But anybody working in customer service. Um, will experience that. I probably have a lot less uh, bad experiences than, for example, somebody working in a supermarket. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um, the the positives certainly they they do outweigh it, and um, I can't imagine myself doing anything anything different. I love that I'm able to offer this. I have a supportive um, partnership, uh, partnerships, mm-hmm. um, friendships and supportive family as well. I know that I'm very privileged there having those people around me that I can talk to if things aren't going so well. Um, so I want to be able to make the most of that and, and offer people the service where I can. I love that. It's, it's <laughs> such an important service and, and such a in my opinion, vastly overlooked service is just because people need, in my experience and my, my personal opinion, people need a good relationship with themselves. Yeah. You need a good relationship yeah. with yourself. And there's, there's far too yeah. many people out there that can't look at themselves naked in a mirror, um, mm. can't get fully naked with their partners. Mm. And, and I just, I really feel for those people. I really feel yeah. for those people because I, it's not a, Oh, well, you should be able to do that. It's a, you're in a position where you don't feel you can. And that's yeah. sad. It's really sad. Yeah. And, you know, how can you have a healthy relationship with somebody else if you can't have a healthy relationship with yourself? Like I said earlier, it's not about necessarily loving yourself, but at least just accepting yourself and being neutral about it. Just saying, okay, this, this is me and my body um, and constantly striving and working towards something better. Um, whatever form that might take, you know, I'm not one of these people that says that people have to be positive all the time because that's not how life works. No, no. And but as being... much as a lot of people think I'm always positive because I'm vainglorious and egotistical, um, the fact <laughs> of the matter is sometimes, you know, even even me, even I, because um, mm-hmm. yeah, we all do. We all we all have our negative moments. We all have our moments yeah. where it's like, do you know what this is? And and I know that, especially being a content creator, it's very hard to put like negative things out on the internet because mm. nobody wants to hear that no or they do if it's controversial <laughs> but that's about it do you know what i mean nobody wants to so it's, <laughs> it's not the stuff that are oh they're van van he's super positive and he's talking negatively yeah i'm out i'm cool i'm all right i'll go yeah. we have enough else. negative stuff going on in our own brains we don't need other people yeah, to like exactly. add to that load <laughs> exactly and but but it's important i think because otherwise it's important to to have that balance because otherwise people just think that we're super positive all the time and that everything's mm-hmm. always perfect. And it's like, well, yeah. nobody's life is like that. Nobody's yeah. nobody's <laughs> life is like that under any circumstances. Well, thank you so much for coming on and joining me, Raven. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you mentioned earlier that you have a website. Would you like to give that website a cheeky little shout out? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's www.alm-therapy.co.uk. Um, and I take all my inquiries through there. Um, I do have some social medias, but being honest, I don't really keep on top of them. So your best bet is is through the website. That is entirely um, fair. 
please don't email me directly. Go through the inquiry form if you are interested. Um, but thank you so, so much for having me. This has been really, really lovely speaking to you. No, it's been a pleasure. It's been a bit of a catch-up as well, to be fair. That too, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so if I'm going to be coming up to Hull again soon, I'll come and drop in. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. We'll have a cup of tea. You'll be a wonderful time.